Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Josh Brown, it's the wind-up. It's a lovely, lovely Monday. How's he doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Scott? I am good. I should probably have said that I'm Scott Tilford. You're Josh Brown. I kind Hi. of think I said that. Can't remember. The point is. <laughs> There's a lot of games to talk about, and we're going to try and break down as many as we can. Wait, now, it seems like, I was saying to you before we were recording. Wow, sorry, wow, this is, wow. we're doing a game podcast. I thought you were going to talk to me about <laughs> Ghost, the new Ghost album. What happened Oh my that? God, the new Ghost album. Impera, Imperium, I can't remember. Kaiserian is a song that's on there. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Watcher in the Sky is the one that you want to check out. That's, I think that's the new <laughs> single. Um, yeah, Ghost, best band on the planet, to be honest. Drug Church also up there. Drug right, Church, that right album there. is rocking my socks up at the moment. What a lovely time it is to be a fan of the old music in general. But overall, Overall, like I said, so many games out there that have come out across the last few months and not that much actually going on in the industry. We keep scouring for news to talk about every morning. Very little there. Very little to actually talk about. Um, other than Project Dark's lead has left um, the initiative over on the Xbox side of things. We're going to do a main podcast on the state of Xbox with uh, me, you and James Dows on Wednesday. Um, so please come back for that. But for the wind-up, we thought we'd check in with various games and general thoughts on the rest of 2022 because um, I still maintain that 2022's gaming games have blown their load across the first half <laughs> of this year. That. The load's it, blown, Josh. It doesn't get any less gross, man. It doesn't get any less gross. <laughs> it doesn't, to be honest. But um, in that regard, I still feel like half the world's playing Elden Ring. I finally started seeing people saying, tweeting that they finished it. Um, but most people, I keep seeing boss names trending, so most people won't be getting there Listen, sequentially. Man, wow. I, as you know, I've been doing nothing but playing Elden it's Ring. True. And I thought at the weekend, I thought about 65 hours in, I was getting to the point where if I did about 10 hours, 15 hours over yeah. the weekend, I'd be able to finish it. No, there is so much of that game left. I'm currently on 83 hours, and I'm finally, finally in the final stretch of it right okay. now. Um, but I'm still looking at another at least 10, probably well, you're 20. Like 50 levels ahead of me, and you're like 50 hours ahead of me. I'm, I'm about 40 hours in, because um, I'm bouncing it with Kirby and WWE 2K22, because I've got a sickness. But when I keep playing Elden Ring, um, but me and you are largely in the same, we have the same reference points. You're like, oh, have you seen this? Yes. Have you been here? Yes. Have you fought this? Yes. Yeah. And so like, I feel like I'm, I'm not keeping up with you entirely, but I feel like I'm matching the same main story beats. So you must have done like 50 odd hours of sheer exploration. Um, yes and no. Like I, I feel like last week before you st stopped and went on to WWE, mm. we were kind of on a level pegging. But since then, I think I've overtaken you in oh a God, big way yeah. the North. But yeah, you are right. Like uh, I've done so much of the side content. Like I've been combing everything that game has to offer. I've been mm. trying to find every kind of hidden dungeon, just like 
meticulously going through every area mm. rather than going to the next story beat. And it's funny because, you know, I, I don't, we've talked about Elden Ring so much, but <laughs> I want to talk about like game and habits in a way because, right. like you said, you know, you've been dipping into WWE, you've been playing Kirby. Whereas when I get into a game like this, I get into it. Mm. But I've never gotten into a game this obsessively for this long. Like, you know, right. I look at Metal Gear Solid 5, I played that solid for a week for 50 hours. It was great, it yeah. was finished. Same with Death Stranding, you know, 50 hours, more or less on the dot. It, something I lived on, then it was done. This has taken that mentality mm. and stretched it out to a 100-hour game, which is so rare. I don't play... I've played the past two weeks. <laughs> it's been out two weeks, Scott. Yeah. i played 83 hours. I've spent more time That's playing That's actually Elden mad, Ring. isn't it, really? Yeah, in a, in a week than I've spent at my job. <laughs> I spent 40 hours a week at the job, 40-plus hours a week playing Elden Ring. And it's just, It's funny how it, games do that to you, man. Like, you just can take over your life in a great way, but also... Hey, three hours the in last, two weeks, man. The last time I feel like you were um, like literally like stapled attached to a game was like Days Gone, but you wanted you were like half right, wanting yeah. to get away from it so you could do something else. I know it's not the same thing because obviously you mentioned actual quality examples uh, before, but for me, I like I want to play more of it. I like I'm. I'm I'm loving what I've played. It's just, it's weird because I know that it's there and because it doesn't really have any, and you can talk about this, like immediate story hooks. For me, it's like, there are things in there that I like. I like the lore. I like finding out about Radan and um, and all the different, like the family that's going on that Radan was a part of and whatever. There are certain characters that I sort of go, oh, that's kind of cool. And I like finding out about the um, the sorceress, Rani, and like, like there's bits and pieces. And I like Blythe, the big wolf man. I want to just hang out with Blythe, to be honest. I wish I could just summon him it's and cool, hang, out, hang out with Blythe. I want to go to the forest with Blythe, but I can't do it. But um, that's the thing. There are bits and pieces there that I go, cool, that's cool, that's fine, I like that. Um, and I, But I'm mainly there for the gameplay, but because it is this massive, um, thick scroll of stuff just spread out on a table, then I'm, I'm kind of like, well, I can make this last for 2022. Like, I don't actually need to, like, deep dive on this. Right. And also there is the reality of, like, what that game presents. I feel like I've largely, like, I've got it. Like, I've played enough Souls games. Like, I know what, I'm, what I need to do for every boss. I know how to watch the animation, dodge back. I know what that... Thing is doing like I come across something that one hit one hit kills me and I go cool it's one of them yep oh that thing just attacked me from around the corner cool yep it's one of them right <laughs> let me just memorize this area let me do this again and I'm getting through it yeah um, and it's it, it, you know it's the best version of all those lessons learned and it's the best thing that from software have done but I've also seen a lot of it like not in a literal visual sense but in terms of what it's doing and so that's kind of my thing over time like I'm 40 hours in now and I know that's like that's like a spec kind of thing in this game um but I think the reason that I'm not doggedly chasing it and the reason I was able to get lost in WWE 2K22 for a whole week is because part of me is craving something new and I think that's that's the thing like the newness that Elden Ring has I feel like it plays that card for the most part in the first 30 40 hours and then it's kind of just it's more of the same but in the best possible way it's it's I'm really interested to see what people uh you know think of this and please message us on Twitter if you can yes. get in touch because I'm, I'm fascinated to see what position you take, whether you're doing a me and you know playing it five, <laughs> six hours a night after work or if you're just dipping into it because it is so big and it is so imposing. I would disagree that it doesn't stop showing you new things. Like I like my biggest Gameplay uh, mechanics is what I meant, but yeah. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I know I know mechanically it is you're doing very much of the same things, mm. right? You, you like you said, you know, you, you understand the loops from twenty hours in and they yes, don't necessarily that's what I mean. change. 80 hours in or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I was playing it yesterday and I was just thinking like, if we do a prop, well, well, when we do the proper game of the year thing, I was just thinking, I hope Scott gets to the point where he sees the stuff I've just saw because right. I, like, I just can't 
believe the quality of the content that is thrown at you 60, 70, 80 hours in. Like the new areas that keep coming up, the new bosses that keep coming up. I'm like, how do they keep going? <laughs> what? Like, they've, it's only been like, what, five years that they took to make this? Maybe even less because Sekiro was uh, released God, in between yeah. then. Uh-huh. And it's just. Like you look at other open world games, even ones as meticulously crafted as Red Dead Redemption 2, and I just can't fathom how they kept the scenarios being mm. unique. Yeah, obviously there's a lot of repeated bosses. Obviously there's a lot of repeated, you know, tile sets for the dungeons, uh, side dungeons yeah. and stuff. But when it comes to the main content, and the main biomes, bloody hell, man, <laughs> bloody hell. <laughs> now, the thing is, like, I need to clarify my stance on it because it, it, it is so far ahead on being number one game of the year and nothing else is even close to it in terms of the overall level of proficiency that I think is here in terms of how it plays, the amount of discoverable items that's there. The thing that elevates it for me, that five-star quality, is the fact that there are so many overlapping gameplay loops and story threads and narrative beats all in the background that you don't realize it's tracking until you come across a character who says, like, oh, you've already talked to such and such, or you got this item. Well, like, oh, by the way, I was just about to do that and here's this thing. And it rewards you for that. And I think that feeling is that feeling of like, you know, like that invisible hand mastery thing that I think uh, Breath of the Wild does really, really well. And like the rarest games do. Like Undertale did it for as another example. It's like, oh, actually, we've been tracking everything you've been doing. And here's some rewards because of it. And so for me, like, it, it, it's not that it's not pristine in every possible way. It's just that I also identify those gameplay loops. And me personally, I want something else. Like, and it's it, like, that's the thing. It's like, like I said, it's like, I know how I'm going to approach these areas. I know how I'm going to approach these dungeons, these fights. I know how to beat everything in the game. And it's not that um, I haven't seen things that are game of the year worthy. The Radon fight is my favorite moment of the year, um, either fighting it or summoning in. Um, and those things are sky high, but it's at the same time, I can quantify it now, or it feels like I can. And um, I can kind of like, not like draw it, not box it in in a negative way, but I can draw those lines around it and go like, I see what this game is. I see what these formulae are. I see what these loops are. And that lets me quantify it in a way that I couldn't at the beginning because it was like, oh my God, what have they made? And the maps zooming out and everything's coming at you. And like, you know, what, what are the summons? How do they work? And whatever. And like, but now I, I see what it is. And mm. it's like, and that, inherently pushes me away if there's not more of a story hook to keep me going. That's fascinating stuff, man, because I, I, <laughs> in one sense I, I fully understand exactly what you're saying because mm. I kind of had it with Horizon. There was a point where I messaged you saying kind of uh, I might never get back to this. You mm. know, I, I might have had my fill uh, because I just like you said, you know, I, I knew what it was and I was just thinking it's going to be more of the same. It's going to have no surprises up its sleeve. Fortunately I got back into Horizon in a big way and it mm. hooked me back in, but there was a moment where I was thinking this is so big and yeah. the scale is so massive, like I could maybe not leave it here, but certainly take a break from it. Well, it's El- that classic open world thing of like the, um, you know, why does an ocean deep as a puddle? And it's, it's not that in yeah. Elden Ring at all. It's definitely deeper than a puddle. <laughs> but that's that feeling with Horizon or Dying Light or like, yeah. you know, insert X open world game that says, here's some stuff to do for as long as you want, but none of it matters. 100%. I mean, it's with, with Elden Ring, I couldn't be more opposite though. No, I agree. Like, I, yeah, I'm not saying that oh, applies no. to Elden Ring. Totally, yeah. I just, I just want to say like, mm. you know, it's, it's funny that we, like you, you are someone who definitely craves new things, like yeah. you said, you know, loves the dip life, loves the big <laughs> dipper life. Whereas I will live on this until there's nothing left on the bone and I'm trying to chew the chicken from, <laughs> the chicken morsels straight from it. When you have a lovely side of fries and a burger, do you have a bite of both or do you have those people who has one then the other? Funnily enough, I'm actually, I'm a mix and match. Yeah. I'll have the whole meal rather than just take my fries no, and take the burger and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the yeah, the hybrid life is the way. Like apply that mentality to all video games. The thing is, Eating a burger and fries doesn't take 100 hours. It takes (laughs) 
in me about seven minutes, if that. Well, yeah, there is that too. But I think overall, that's my thing with Elden Ring is that like, and um, well, this is potentially a dovetail into something else that we can talk about. And we'll go back and forward in stuff that we're playing and things that are dropping in the now because the GTA 5 update is out tomorrow. So yes. I'm going to download that and still not play Elden Ring um, <laughs> at midnight because I need to know what the hell they've done with Grand Theft Auto. But this is a pivot into um, the overall sort of thoughts on 2022 because one of the reasons that I'm kind of apprehensive on completely chewing Elden Ring up is that I don't think there's that much left for the rest of this year and I have a sneaking feeling that Sony don't have anything for the rest of this year in terms of first party stuff I also saw Phil Spencer out there in regards to the Xbox stuff saying that um, he's like we don't we're not there yet he was like we, um, we're aiming to have games ready every month and there's a lot more work to be done because we, we're far off that um, which is kind of just annoying like to put a word on it for me personally I'm annoyed at him and Xbox like you've had a whole generation to get this right and I thought you were going to come swinging out the gates with everything and I know that they then made a whole bunch of acquisitions um, you know, and, and then, then sort of like moving forward with this stuff. But I kind of can't believe that the only thing on the Xbox side is Game Pass. And it's not that it doesn't make it recommendable. Literally anyone who asks me what console they should get, if they're a casual gamer, I point them at an Xbox Series S, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but... I kind of can't believe, and I, I can because you can just go, well, it's COVID. But I can also, I can just look, I can, for, in terms of the years they've had to plan this stuff, how do they not have games? The thing is, man, I'm, I'm sort of with you. You know, mm. when, they, when they announced all these plans, when they did the big turnaround of the Xbox One, when Phil Spencer came in as the kind of, you know, the head honcho of Xbox. And I do love Spencer. set everything on the right track. I thought we'd get things more imminently. But I mean, if you'd look at the big picture, for instance, you look mm. at when the Xbox One launched, you know, 2013, we had seven mm. years until the next gen launched. Yeah. Like seven years is a long time for me and you. Mm. We age, we <laughs> get in and out of interests, you know, and all that stuff. Still talking about GTA 6 rumors? <laughs> we still talking about GTA 6 rumors. Fortunately, Gotham Knights is real and coming out. Um, Silent Hill, can remake. <laughs> Mel Gee, Silent Remake, what else is that? Uh, but like seven years in game development time, like he, in that time, in those seven years, now going on mm. for nine, uh, he had to take over Xbox. He had to write the ship. He had to implement Game Pass. He had to buy up all of those studios. And when he bought all of those studios, he had to put things in development. Those games in themselves could take four, maybe five years to make. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I agree. I think it's incredibly annoying that there isn't more stuff ready. It feels like there should be. But looking at the timeline, looking at the amount of years they've had to play with, mm -hmm. it's like... I do understand why a lot of the bigger games aren't quite ready the yet. The thing is, like, we'll talk about this in the main podcast because that's going to be all Xbox stuff, but the thing that um, kind of made me go like, oh, like you actually are kind of dropping the ball was the way they handled Halo Infinite. The fact right. that they didn't know that that game wasn't ready until like literally two weeks before launch. And it was just this weird thing where I was like, how are you not, Hand, how are you not aware of this? Like until right before, like sort of going into school and like you're like about to present something and it's like you're standing to the side of the stage and the thing's not ready. And it's like, you waited till then before you checked in? Mm -hmm. Like, what the hell? Like that was just so weird. Um, but yeah, an overall thoughts on where you are in terms of overall thoughts on 2022 in terms of, do you still have um, promise for the rest of this year? I do, man. Like it's certainly top heavy, Hope like probably. you said. It certainly has in a, in, a, in, a, in a phrase blown its load to some, <laughs> to some degree. Right now, because we've just come out of like one of the most hectic February mm. into March months that I can remember with some like some incredible games along the way, you know, some all timers. I think you could Ring. do the game of the year top 10 right now. I think you could do a top 10. <laughs> I don't think you could do the top 10 though, because there's still so much that I'm looking forward to. Ooh, I've, I've I, might, mentioned it I might make a bet. I might make a game of the year top 10 right now Go on. and tweet it or something and then yeah. see if I'm right. I think you should. Elden Ring will be number one. I think that will probably be true. Mm. But at the same time, I feel, for me anyway, there's, there's so much uh, variation in what else could come out. Like, I've, I've enjoyed Sifu. I enjoyed yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn. But 
for me, they're all beatable. Like I look at the stuff on the horizon and I'm excited about it, about them more. I'm mm. excited for Starfield, which we'll talk about more on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, more, you know, I'm looking forward to God of War if that drops, which I don't <laughs> think it will. You know, if God of War drops, if Breath of the Wild 2 drops, like those are two big contenders for me. True. Uh, Starfield could go either way, but there's also stuff like Redfall uh, from Arcane, mm. which I'm not usually a fan of four person co-op shooters, but Hopefully you can play that. I run for the play. hills, Josh Brown. <laughs> I know you do. I hate it. Um, and there are some other games coming out that I can't even remember. Ghostwire Tokyo <laughs> at the end of this month. There was Tunic. one. There was one, man, and I've forgotten it again. I can't. I've actually remembered it. I actually know what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's come to my head because I was watching a, a video on Star Wars games at the weekend. It okay. was um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2, oh. which doesn't have an official release date, which is why it keeps slipping my mind. But right, EA right, right. has confirmed that it's coming. All the rumors point towards a, a late 2022 release. So if that comes out as well, like there's a lot of games there for me to get excited about. Mm, yeah, I guess it, like, that's the, my thing. It's, it's weird. We did a podcast years ago on um, were stories in video games just a fad? Were they a thing that lots of developers prioritize in the 2000s? And now that across the 2010s, the more um, data is available, the more algorithms can be made, the more you can, if you're a publisher and you only care about gameplay, or you're someone who just wants to crunch the numbers and doesn't want to tell a story, then most of the data backs that up. There was that whole statistic from Kotaku in 2011 that 90% of people don't finish games, which is backed up by the fact that Horizon Forbidden West, 16% of people have that story completion trophy. So I wonder, and I hate this, I wonder if most studios aren't bothered about telling stories, because I am more excited. Like, I, like the other day, I was looking through, I was writing some lists about like um, whatever it was, some like, like you know legendary games. It was like Mass Effect and Fallout and all these like long form stories that were told. And like Mass Effect, we were all on board for Mass Effect for years. We're all talking about it. We all have these reference points. And I couldn't think of a single thing right now other than Horizon that is an ongoing long form story where we're all engaged in it. And I feel like that has just gone to the side. Like now they're all isolated, gameplay heavy, you know, and it's not the gameplay isn't king, but like there used to be more reasons to play through stuff. Like, I couldn't think of a single thing that was even close to a Mass Effect level. Like, when, Mass Effect, when the Legendary Edition came out and we were saying, like, oh, remember this? Yeah. Like, it felt so good. Why is no one doing that anymore? Like, why are they not like, compelling stories in anything other than indie games? I, funnily enough, Scott Silver, con- considering that this is the wind-up, um, <laughs> I, I agree and disagree, as I mm. always do. I agree that, you know, there's a lot of game publishers don't care about stories in the way they used to. You can see that reflected mm. in franchises like Assassin's Creed, which used to be incredibly mythology, law, story heavy, and then it got to a point where mm. the story was just a, a side note. That they try and won. walk the line, but they try, weirdly, yeah. but they blow up those games out so much that mm. no one's getting to the, well, a very few people are getting <laughs> to the end of Valhalla and understanding the twist. It's not on the same magnitude as, you know, Desmond in exactly. Creed, one, yeah, two, exactly. Three. That said, man, I still think there's so many AAA games with worthwhile stories that have come out. Like, in the past few years alone, mm. I've had some of my favorites. You know, I've had The Last of Us Part Two. I've had Red Dead Redemption 2. Even stuff like Jedi Fallen Order, I really enjoyed yeah. the stories of. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Probably more that are slipping my mind. I was just I was trying to think of it because it is it is storytelling, but it's also like law building, like 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 a world. Like what was the last like what was the last newest video game world? Like Horizon, maybe like something where it's a, a full world where you can plug stories into it and you can get lost in the law and you can read a codex of stuff. Like you know, we used to have like Assassin's Creed, yeah. Mass Effect. Like there used to be more of them, and it feels like they've they've either gone to the wayside altogether, um, or they're isolated stories, like like the examples that you just gave, um, or they're just not really done, or they're done in an, in an indie space instead. Are we talking? about like uh, completely original I'm just thinking like what comes to mind when you think of like new video game lore like new video game worlds to get lost in for me it's like you know it's it's cyberpunk you know Mm. I know that's obviously based on older material but it wasn't a video game like this before Mm -hmm. you know the world of cyberpunk for all of its technical problems like the world and the writing was interesting I thought you know uh, the characters in that game I thought just really well written, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the love interests. Oh, Hannah Moore is like my, my favorite character of the last 10 years. Yeah, exactly, man. And uh, I just, I think there's games like that that are still doing this stuff. You know, we mentioned Elden Ring. Like, mm-hmm. I've been really enjoying, we're talking about purely law, not storytelling, like figuring out the law of Elden Ring. I guess Dark Souls kind of has but, it. Yeah, yeah, Dark Souls definitely has it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, there's enough touch points to kind of point to be like that's not dead mm. it's not dead yet there are still some <laughs> big people games. still care yeah there are people still care you know even you, you mentioned days gone earlier man and for as crap as that was <laughs> it had a story there it had an interesting world that it built funnily enough um ghostwire tokyo i don't even realize that this had this ghostwire tokyo has a free prologue that you can go yes. read uh, which is a story primer not a game i was even thinking would have an in-depth story but apparently it has a prologue that's available for free all about this detective who's arriving in tokyo and why they're there and what what crime they're trying to solve and stuff, but um, yeah, like it's, that it just 
it all kind of goes like hand in hand with you know getting excited for the rest of the year and like what am I excited to see? Because if you're gonna do franchise stuff, then it has it almost has that inbuilt long form storytelling assumption. Um, Jedi Fallen Order, I'm more excited to see what happens with Cal Kestis and um, you know him maybe going back to his old master and things like that. Like I'm excited in that. I'm not excited to do more of the same like gameplay wise, even right. though it should be alongside. Like yeah. I want those other hooks as well. Yeah, totally. I think that's entirely valid as well. I mean, you you, you sparked my memory uh, there by saying Ghostwire Tokyo mm. just make me think of. Ghost of Tsushima, like I thought that mm. one was great. Like obviously a lot of the Sony first party things, but yeah, and I know you're a, I know you love a story hook. You were talking about Elden Ring, kind yeah. of not maybe having that. I just wish I had a little bit, a little, little bit of something, little little bit of something. Little, little bit of something, a little bit of a, a little bit of the bubbly or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah who knows? A little bit of uh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely want more stories like this year. Mm. I feel like there weren't many last year in the triple eight space i will give you that you know death Loop was kind of good uh returnal yeah. was was i enjoyed that story yeah. resident evil 8 that was okay until the Whoa. end <laughs> i don't but know there, there hasn't been like you said you know a big story talking point in the same way that there was around the last like, like i said you, you think Dead. about yeah like like assassin's creed you, that, that's a perfect example assassin's creed 2 felt like that plot twist reverberated around the world and i know that that's because everyone was playing that series in a way that they're not now and um, but the end of ac2 or like just those like everyone discovering black flag for the first time it was like these big major franchises that everyone's on board with that have largely been replaced by four-person co-op like looter shooters um which is like the <laughs> that thing with exoprimal like oh it's gonna be one thing no it's a four-person loot shooter like and that's kind of what like redfall is gonna be and it's not that that thing is dominating everything but it is a go-to um it feels like it takes a bigger portion of the pie up in terms of game design in a bigger in a um high budget space um which again like i said makes me run for the hills like none of not a single one of a four, four person co-op game has been memorable for me at all oh, not a single one Le left for dead i didn't play it oh brutal man i guess left for dead i mean but back for blood came and went like ah, back for <laughs> blood is it's a it's a poor man's left for dead that I mean, the thing, yeah, it's not that there's not memorable co-op games overall. I guess I wouldn't class Left 4 Dead because I'm not, like, it doesn't, that doesn't need story stuff or lore stuff necessarily. It's just a big zombie shooter. Yeah. Like, uh, Earth Defense Force is, like, big and stupid and fun in a co-op sense, and it's just fighting waves of enemies kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of different ways that I feel, um, you know, a lot of different gaps that could be plugged kind of thing in regards to narrative and storytelling. Forbidden West completely drops the ball. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, go check out our video. There's only <laughs> only 7,000 people have. It's a tiny little video. <laughs> and uh, more people need to see that thing, but obviously because no one's finished the game they're not bothered about seeing a story discussion on it um, but in, like I said in terms of Ghostwire that's coming out next week there is the free prologue for it um, and to bring things back around to what we're playing I'm going to throw this in go on WWE 2K22 I'm just I've got to I've got to let you know this man has been talking about WWE 2K22 <laughs> like he's got a love affair with it I uh, love I loved Scott watching your kind of trepidation of should I buy this <laughs> is this worth the money to just completely loving it it's what I want to see from people playing video games. The thing is, um, I don't watch WWE. I hate WWE. It's the most <laughs> horrible product of a thing. Right. Um, I got out of wrestling, wait, more than that, 15, 16, 18 years ago, a while ago. Um, and I've only come back in on this little wave that feels like it sort of fluctuates of people getting back into wrestling through AEW, whether it's through um, CM Punk last year being announced as part of the roster, whether it's through Jeff Hardy making making waves a couple of days ago, um, which like, you know, going across to AEW. And I feel like there's a little groundswell of people going like, oh, wrestling used to be fun. 
fun and I can watch this and have fun with it again. And so I was just craving any wrestling game. Like I have Fire Pro, I've had that for years, um, but that's just 2D, the animation's pretty terrible in it. It serves the purpose and it, it's like got a great community around it, but I wanted a proper 3D wrestling game and the AEW game's not coming out until later this year. And I was like, I just want to slam some men, all right? Just, <laughs> I just want to slam the men. So I was like, I'm going to get um, WWE 2K22 um, because that game's community and its um, customization features literally let me turn it into AEW, the game. So mm. I've just got it and then immediately just downloaded all the wrestlers from AEW, all the arenas, all the title belts, um, everything. And it's like I'm playing the AEW game and all the moves from AEW are in there, um, which is weird. I remember, you'll remember from the old school SmackDown games, how um, you know the roster would change so much, but the devs would be, behind, they couldn't keep up with the roster. Yeah. So they would just maybe put a move in the creation suite yeah. um, called something that would like re refer to what it was supposed to be. Um, like it would be called the, the big splash for like RVD's frog splash or whatever it is. Um, and then you could use it and it would be that move. So loads of the AEW guys' entrances or moves or finishes, whatever it is, are in this game. They're all just called different things, mm. um, which is great. It lets them get around the fact that, you know, WWE wants to squish AEW as much as possible. Um, but it does work as an AEW game. And you can obviously, um, like I said, download the title belts and try and keep up with the show and all that kind of thing. So I've kind of just been rekindling this side of me that died after Here Comes the Pain, which was 2004, I think. Um, and just sort of making all the wrestlers having fun with the matches. And the game side of it is actually great. Like, um, I've did, I don't, what was the last wrestling game you played? Um, it will have been, like, properly, it mm. will have been SmackDown versus Raw 2007. Right, okay, so yeah, Roundabout There is where I also dropped off, because it was like, Here Comes the Pain was the pinnacle, everyone loved that game. And then it was like, uh, one or two after that was when I got out of wrestling overall anyway. Um, there's an interview with uh, AEW's John Moxley where he's talking about, like, everyone used to be into it, and then it got a little bit weird, it got a little bit embarrassing, and you were just like, why am I even watching this? And everyone just dropped off. And he was always like, in at the core of everyone is a wrestling fan like from back in the days that like you watch a good amount of athleticism it's fun it's enjoyable and I feel like that's what's got me back in but yeah in terms of the gameplay um those old Smackdown games were so arcadey and it's like the 2010s ones became so like simulation stuff and like, I'll oh, make sure you're like popping the crowd and make sure you're like doing all this stuff and it's like I'm there to fight and be pretend that I'm this person like you know the whole point is to be in kayfabe um but that's what the new one does there are bits and pieces to please the crowd but um, you are having an actual match with like ebbs and flows and the countering system means that you will get hit and there is an ebb and a flow and you will get stunned and you will come back and it's just good. It it's sounded good really fun. I mean, yeah, I've seen some of the clips that you've uploaded to Twitter. You texted me seems... saying I might get WWE 2K22. I did, because like I said, you know, like like we were talking about there, I have so much nostalgia for those older games. You know, for me, the exact same run of here comes the pain right up to the early SmackDown versus Raw games, mm. which is, I played those with my brother and my cousin all the time mm -hmm. uh, and I just kind of wanted a, a taste of that especially after you know Elden Ring and Horizon I kind of <laughs> just want something big and dumb but it's it's fascinating to hear that especially with the AEW game that I know is in production in yes. some form like will you be buying that oh yeah away? oh yeah <laughs> the thing that's really crazy though is that like obviously um, 2K's WWE games have this insane budget in production and they've obviously took last year off to like perfect stuff so their creation suite is like I might say the best in gaming like right. it's a in insane amount of assets. You can upload any images you want. Um, you should see the model of Kratos that's in there. Someone's made him by just scanning in pictures of the actual Kratos and then just bolting them onto this person so that they look just like Kratos. And so um, that level of um, customization and shareability and, you know, anything happens in real life. And some, like, someone made a, a bang-on photorealistic Walter White and a bang-on no photorealistic Saul and I just had them fighting each other. I was like, this is brilliant. Or um, <laughs> things like that. It's funny you mention it. I follow this uh, kind of like Sopranos parody mm. account on Twitter. Twitter, and they made 
pretty much the entire cast of The Sopranos. I was right. like, that's funny. Oh, yeah. Because it's like you can like you can scan anything. You can take your own photos, uh, whatever. And so, like, yeah, all that stuff is in there. Uh, my point is, I don't think the AEW game will have that because it's their first one out the gate. It's been delayed quite a while, so maybe they're planning something huge. And maybe they are going to have something that's, like, fueled by the fans. But the 2K games, um, I mean, this is my first 2K game in a long time. 2K13 or something was a while because um, and even then I just got it because it was on PlayStation Plus and I was like oh, I'll just have yeah. a few matches because if you've ever played wrestling games you don't need to watch the show you can just have fun with like this weird fighting game thing and so yeah so I, I wonder if the AW game is even going to be close to what it feels like to play this weird rip-off version that I'm playing now where I'm pretending it's AW because um, the animations are stellar the moves are stellar like the actual production value is incredible the character models look great um, and like I said the amount of customization is insane so it's like I don't know, like, I mean, I'm really curious as well how many people are returning to wrestling overall because I've heard it mentioned on a few non-game podcasts um, and a few game podcasts. And I've just been like, is it just me? Is it a lot of people? Like, mm. if, like what do you think? It feels like there's like a groundswell of people being like, oh, I might check it out. I think so. I think like you mentioned, you know, AEW sort of has just like so much goodwill around yeah. it. And I mean, it's easy for me to say working in an office where there's a bunch of wrestling lads <laughs> who, you know, love it and talk about it and literally make content about it. But, you know, you, I, I, at least from what I've seen on, mm. on social media, on Twitter and stuff, it just seems to have this response. It's gotten you back in. Mm -hmm. It's piqued my interest, you know, seeing a lot of the wrestlers that I either really liked when I was younger mm. or have heard so much about mm -hmm. um, as I was older, you know, like apparently going there, doing all of this good stuff. It just, it's had such a, good fan response mm. critically loved gets the biggest pops ever on twitter like <laughs> makes me it, like when i see you know the the, the boys live tweeting you know andy murray and um, adam nicholas all of all of the the wrestling lads you mm. know live tweeting one of these shows like i think i would love to be a part of that because yeah. it feels electric you know the the sense of camaraderie the sense of just everyone hunching around to watch one thing is just something that i adore in anything and i mm. feel like we get that so little these days you well know, that like, literally like ties into the story exactly, thing i'm talking about exactly what mm. you mentioned there you know we have that so little in games you know we've had it now with elden ring but with the lack of stories with the kind of lack of marquee releases that stay in the public consciousness for a long time mm. like you don't get that sense of community anymore uh, or at least you don't as much as you used to where everyone is playing or mm. watching one thing and that's all everyone's talking about maybe that is literally why i've gravitated towards the wrestling stuff i can't believe we've turned this into a cogent wrestling is is gaming no point, but this I'm is almost like this. a full-on psychological <laughs> philosophical breakdown breakthrough I think, I think you're right you know because it's it happens so rare you know mm. we've had the batman which people have been talking about. We had No Way Home, which is probably the last big cinematic yes. thing. Yes. Uh, obviously, we had The Last of Us in gaming. We had Red Dead, like I've said, you know, uh, we had God of War. Mm. Uh, we had Horizon just felt like it came and went, though. Yeah, Horizon yeah. Felt, felt like it came and went. You know, Resident Evil 8 was kind of there, but it just feels like it's getting more diluted as, as the years go on. And yeah, I think you're totally right, you know, gravitating to something like AEW, which has mm. this kind of focused groundswell of support mm -hmm. and community and, you know, discussion and discourse and good faith discourse in a mm. lot of way. Yeah, I just feel like you, you, you make a good point that's sort of missing from the, the gaming realm as it is now, yeah, or which just, is so disparate. Yeah, or like entertainment in general. Like I feel like we there was an MC, there is an MCU-sized hole in cinema, mm. and I feel like so much got out the way of the MCU because they was just dominating so much, obviously, in the superhero space, but I feel like they also showcased what long-form audience fueling, you know, all those different discussions that came alongside every movie and all these predictions, all that kind of stuff. All that's gone away. Like, you can see it on our channels. They've gone away. Like, no one's talking about these things. Oh, predictions from the TV show. Like, 
like no one cares like what the hell's happening in those things and I feel like there's a giant hole there that like um, games could fill TV shows could fill Game of Thrones gone away like things like that um, and it just feels like yeah like it's <laughs> AEW is the solution yeah. to all these things um, well, but at the same time I care when Hangman Page goes to fight a person at the pay-per-view it goes so. to you man like in you know I know, I know people refer to wrestling as a product but I think yes. you know referring to art as content is sort of poison <laughs> this whole thing and accelerated it you know mm. we talk about things in terms of content in terms of just getting these disparate things out maybe they'll, they'll find a niche everything um, has two weeks at the most yeah, everything has two weeks maybe they'll find like a niche fandom that keeps it alive but there are so few like monumental events mm. everyone's on their own non-linear path through this life and through <laughs> media itself that those lines those paths just don't match up in the sense no. that they used to and I'm sounding so old and I'm sounding so <laughs> jaded uh, See, I think it's I, I think it's just relevant though. I think that like, but it's interesting because that 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 itself, what you just said, maps to Elden Ring because right. like it is everyone. It's almost like tree branches like spreading out across this giant world. Everyone goes off in a million different directions, and occasionally they cross over, and that's when it gets special. It's like, did you see this? I saw that. I came from that from a different direction, or I talked to that character later, and they told me this thing, and that's why that game is is so great, and the discourse around it's been so great. But at the same time, we don't have those collective story beats. We have. Some of them, um, anyone who's encountered, who's done the Radon fight will have their version of that story. Um, but yeah, part of me does kind of crave um, communal storytelling or how, whatever you want to refer to it, back when stories mattered more in gaming. Yeah. Um, and it's not that they've gone away altogether. Obviously, there are examples, like you said. Um, and it's not that an audience isn't hungry for it. Like there was a hell of a response to The Last of Us 2, for example, or Red Dead 2, but then no one finished Red Dead 2, so you didn't get the back <laughs> half of the story stuff. Um, so it's, it's kind of like swings and roundabouts, like the increased atomization of coverage means that like everyone's got their own little pocket and that's like kind that. of it atomization of it I think that's really <laughs> I don't even know if atomization is a word I don't know but it sounds good it, it is sounds now sounds like it fits really well it does and we should end on um, a game that's no longer in first person I don't know what the, where, <laughs> where this came from <laughs> I don't know where this came from, um, but all the things to realize in 2022, Dead Space Remake, oh not in first person, Josh Brown. Speaking of big pops, man, <laughs> Scott, I don't know if you guys heard the podcast that we did a few weeks ago, where, where we were talking about, maybe months ago, who knows at this point, <laughs> where we were talking about Dead Space, the, the remake coming out, and yes. you mentioned it being first person. I think me and Ben Roy were like, where have you got that from, Scott? Where have you pulled the idea that Dead Space is first person I don't from? think you asked me that on the show, though. I think you just kind of went with it. I think... I I think it was on the show. You I might have done. Go back to listen to it. Um, I like this. I don't know where you got it from, but I like that. I it's don't not remember anymore. I remember when they announced the Dead Space remake, and they, I think it's because the shots that they had um, didn't have any character models in it. It was all environmental yeah. stuff. And I swear, I need to go back and literally watch um, or look at the notes that I made for that news video because I'm sure some leaker speculized, speculized, <laughs> speculated, um, atomized that um, it would be a first person alien isolation type thing. And that's what, where I went from because we, we ran with the video of like, oh, is it going to be first person? Is this what's going to happen? Oh my God, wah! And then, like, then that was just seeded itself in my brain. It's like, that's what they're doing. They're doing first person. Um, and then when I saw uh, the latest thing, which is from about uh, three, four days ago, or five days ago, by the time you uh, listen to this, um, EA or um, I forget what you call the team, it's Motive. Um, EA Motive uh, put some gameplay stuff out um, of the Dead Space remake, which just looks like Dead Space 1. It looks exactly the same, Josh. It and does. it's third person, le like, no less. I mean, shocking enough, it <laughs> certainly is first person. But the thing that blows my mind about this is they, they released this footage a long time ago as well. Mm. They had a gameplay thing like last year where it was like Isaac, a third person over right, the right. shoulder, talking about this I stuff for a while. That. I like that sometimes it's 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 the Mandela effect, right? Mm. So like when something, you know, isn't true but people believe it. I like right. that you've done this to yourself with first person dead space, which funnily enough, 
I hazard a guess that you would have probably hated. Oh yes, I know how much you don't. Like. I think that was the crux of my uh, the news video we did. Yeah. So I was like, oh, don't do this. Third person is better because I miss third person action games overall. And um, I want more of them, and not just in the Sony mold. I want way more. There's only two ways to do action games these days: either <laughs> platinum or it's Sony, and that's the only two strands um, that we have. But yeah, in terms of Dead Space stuff, the reason I brought it up um, is because it's delayed till 2023. Now I don't know how much it was penciled in for this year, but I guess just a just expectation seems to be that it's going to be next year. However, the stuff that they're showing, um, it was funny because they've clearly been editing the comments um, because the top comment on their um, gameplay video was someone just saying, I like how the rain falls on the shoulders and now that's it trickles down the shoulder. Like, this isn't why we play games, lads. This isn't it. It's not Aloy's facial hair and it's not the rain on someone's shoulder. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> maybe maybe for you, Scott, I love the way no, the rain you don't, trickles down Isaac Clark's spine. It's, it's, it's <sighs> what I'm here for. It's- I... Listen, I, oh, especially I when it comes to remakes. Yes. When it comes to remakes, what I want to see is an absolutely perverse level <laughs> of detail. Uh, because I can play the original Dead Space just fine. The original Dead Space absolutely slaps, yeah. as does its first sequel. Mm-hmm. What do I want from a remake? I want to see, like I said, rain. obscene amounts of detail in the Drip, rain. As the kids obscene say. amounts of resolution in mm. frame rate and stuff. I just want to see it as pristine as they can possibly go and I want it to smell and look like millions of dollars. <laughs> I think I like that idea too, but I also think that it depends how much they then charge for said upgrade. If it's just a resolution boost and I've got the texture passes, like it's not, I just, I don't know, it's not, all of this is, is old man me going, this isn't why I play games. Right. Like that whole discourse around, oh look at Aloy's teeth in the difference in the PS4 version and the PS5 version. Oh she's got like peach fuzz. Uh, who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> me! Why is this game a 10 out of 10? Well, because she's got extra facial hair well, in this one. Well, let, let me clarify, right? When it comes to these details, it's not going to make or break a game. But mm. I, 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 for me, a lot of the little things, you know, the, the, the peach fuzz in the face, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't notice that. But, you know, the teeth, the, the being able to see the cartilage through the years, for instance, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> For me, it, it adds a level of something, something to it. A bit of razzle dazzle. A bit of someone needs to do a skit where a therapist is interviewing <laughs> someone in a padded cell, yeah. and you're reeling that stuff off. Like, well, I just care about the cartilage and the <laughs> and the color of the the lights. Oh, but it's I don't I don't know, man. What can I say? All I can say is there's a reason why I pitch uh, and have pitched in the past so mm. many. Uh, articles and videos about tiny details. It's because I love them. Uh, so, do thing, by them. so do I. And the thing is, like, I mean, I like I like the details when they're in there, but I think it has to. It has to. It can't be the main driving force. Like, yeah. if you tell me that in Red Dead Two, which this is true, that you can shoot uh, holes in boats and watch them slowly fill with water and sink, that's cool. Maybe I'll use that in a gameplay scenario. Maybe I'll sink a dude who's trying to shoot me on a boat. But if you just tell me that there's there's extra pause in the face, right. but the overall game is ninety percent the same, then you've put your assets in the wrong place. Only if the rest of the game is, like, bad, I would say. Mm. If the rest of the game is awesome and you have that extra detail on top, what's, what's, there's no I I just don't, I don't want R&D put into the glossiest version of something I already played if the fundamentals are the same. The thing that I will come back to, and mm. this might not even work as an excuse, it's just something I think about, you know. I'm not going to defend any of the practices of game development. It has right. a lot of issues. Loads and loads of issues. But one thing that crops up Mm. is the fact that, you know, sometimes teams just won't have anything to work on because they're waiting on stuff coming in. So why not, if artists are waiting on work, let them work on the pause. Let them work on the the shrinking horse testicles in Red Dead Redemption. (laughs) Like, there's no harm in that. And it's funny for us. Uh, I mean, that's that's why Sony are doing the Last of Us remake. 
yes, alongside a, a quick buck. But it's like that's because the the team and some portion of Naughty Dog are free, um, not to do Jack and Daxter remasters, <laughs> just to do more uh, more Last of Us. But yeah, I don't know. I just think that um, overall, and it, I only get I get like this. I got an old man in my old chair. I get like this when when we're in between phases of a gaming season, um, and right now we're at the end of this insane rush, which will be t- be capped off by Ghostwire, and that's like the first three months of the year, first quarter, I guess. Um, you know, being absolutely round, and there's tons of stuff to talk about, and it's really really cool. And then I think we're going to get a barren rest of the year. Mm. And I just think that I get like this where I sort of start pontificating on what that year is going to look like and feel like. Um, and I sort of look at the trends that are doing the rounds and where people's priorities are and et cetera. And I want reasons to be excited for the future of gaming as yeah. a medium. And, it, and the future of gaming as a medium is not in polishing teeth. I, 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 I would agree with that. Bosh. And I want to know, I want to let people listening to this know that Scott Tilford during <laughs> a, 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 like an intense month of gaming is like in the best possible way, Thanos in an infinity <laughs> war, trying to collect all the stones. And when we're in between seasons, Scott Tilford is like Thanos at the end of Infinity War when yep. he's on his farm. What was it all for? And he's, wait- he's wondering, he's looking, he's waiting for the next <laughs> thing to come and he's hoping he won't get his head chopped off. And the next little AAA game is just sat there going like, was it worth it? And <laughs> or whatever. And I'm just, I don't even know who you are. I'm just, <laughs> just where's my indie games? Where are the 2D games, Josh Brown? Where have they gone? <laughs> I don't know, man. Where have they been put? Um, anyway, clearly this has been The Wind-Up. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. A pleasure as always. Pleasure to all of you, us, whatever phrase I say for all of you listening to all of us. And we'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.